So it says, uh, those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, input, pure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. There was great joy in the city. I won't give you the location, but a church recently was, the pastor was rung on a Saturday evening and told, if you meet tomorrow, a gunman will come to the church and shoot the congregation. He told the church not to come the next, on the Sunday, and the church scattered, and now he's getting phone calls from members of his church all over as they're sharing the gospel and pl- wanting to know how to plant churches all over. So that's 2014. This is uh, the early church scattering believers that ignite hope and create great joy wherever they go. You might say, what's the vision of CCK? It's that there would be great joy in the city. Right? That's our vision. (laughs) That we encounter God and we become an encounter so that wherever we go, there's great joy in the city. Great joy in the office. Great joy in the NHS department that you influence. Great joy in that business. Great joy in that family. Great joy in that university. Great joy in that household. That's who we are, that's what we're becoming, that's our agenda on the earth. Wherever we go, there'll be great joy in the city. Great joy in our hearts that spills out to great joy wherever we go. That evangelism isn't something we do, it's something we are. It's not a project we sign up for, it's an overspill of our encounters with Jesus as we're being encouraged this morning, so that we're dripping and leaking, we're breathing in and exhaling wherever we go, the good news about Jesus. And I want to unpack how that happens. And in this particular passage, it happened through a man called Philip. And it's interesting that God uses men and women. It's not a faceless army. The Bible names men and women who do great exploits for God. Joy comes into the city through the likes of you and through the likes of me. And so what qualified Philip to be a man who goes off and establishes a great work. Well, actually, in Acts chapter 6, we find him being chosen by the church when the apostles say, we need to dedicate ourselves to, to prayer and the word. And they get they I ask the church to identify a number of people who can serve um, the widows. And one of those people was Philip. And the qualification to do what Philip was doing, you can see in Acts chapter 6, verse 5, was he was full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, full of faith and the Holy Spirit. So if we want to be igniters of joy in the city wherever we go, we need to be having our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, and we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. And we see the other guy as well, Barnabas, who was also one of the ones who got sent out, or was scattered, or not Barnabas, um, Stephen, also one of the six, In Acts chapter 6, verse 8, it says, He was a man full of God's grace and power and performed great wonders, signs among the people. Amazing. These are the people, these were the people in the church 
who if you ask them, what do we do in, in the church, they say, we, we wait on tables, but in our spare time, we raise the dead, we heal the sick, and we plant churches. Okay, Because the, the early church understood it was a body of men and women that the Spirit had come on all flesh, and all were qualified to do the works of the kingdom. There was great joy in the city. So, it's only difficult if we think it's about us. Okay, this is only difficult if we really think it's about us doing it. But if we realise it's us with all of him flowing through all of us. Okay, that Jesus is the vine. That's where the life comes from. It's in the vine and we're a branch. And the life is flowing into the branch. We're the fruit-bearing part of the tree. The life-giving part of the tree is Jesus. And so great joy comes from the vine, comes into the branches. Into the vine, into the branches, so that we can ignite great joy in the city. So we're going to unpack how this actually happened in this case. So Philip was scattered from Jerusalem because a great persecution broke out because Stephen, one of the six, had confronted the Pharisees and brought clarity about who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ had done and they had stoned him and Saul had given his approval to the stoning and then then only the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, the whole church was scattered because of people being murdered and thrown into prison. Now, Philip is one of the ones who got scattered. And so he scattered, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Peter went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed. And so it says that they paid close attention to him. He arrives in Samaria, he's been scattered, and the people pay close attention to what he says because of what they saw. The people paid close attention because of what he said and what they saw. Really, what they saw first. They paid close attention to what he said. Why? For shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralysed or lame were healed So there was great joy in the city. If we we want to get the attention of the world, they've got to see something. They've got to see something demonstrated by us in how we are, in how we talk, in how we think, in the atmosphere we give off, in the things that we do, in the things that we release in the demonstrations and the signs that we do. We've got to have an answer to the questions that they're asking. We want them to ask, how do I get saved? How do I deal with my sins? How do I get right with God? We want them to be asking that question, but the question they might be asking at the beginning is, I haven't got a house and I need a house. I haven't got a job and I need a job. I haven't got peace and I need peace. I haven't got harmony in my family. I want to have harmony in my family. And so we need to be people who are able to say, I know someone who can fix that. I know someone who can heal that. I know someone who can provide that. I know someone who can do that. 
We need them to be provoked to jealousy by the way we carry ourselves. Why is it that you don't speak negatively? Why is it that you carry a peace? Why is it that you have a hope? Why is it that there seems to be great joy in you and there doesn't seem to be great joy around us? What is it about you? And then we can answer that question. So there needs to be demonstrations of Jesus, that Jesus is actually alive. We're not just presenting an idea. And we're not just presenting a philosophy. And we're not just presenting a way of life. Though it's all of those things, it is a way of life. We're presenting the reality that we are people who don't just believe that Jesus is alive intellectually. We believe he's alive because we know him and we've met him and we were talking to him this morning. And so we've got to go out. We've got to go out with the power and the presence of God. We've got to go out as those who are full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. We can't ignore what we see in the scriptures of what marked out great men and women. They were full of faith and they were full of the Holy Spirit. They believed what he said and they were filled with power and on the basis of conviction they did the things that Jesus did. Sometimes the church is trying to find a new method and I love new ways of communicating. I love, I love the use of music and lighting and media and all those things. But the world needs, it needs to see a people who have been radically revolutionised because they've met the risen Christ. That's what they really need. They need us to be in our place, in our family, in our workplace, in our university. People who are full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. That's who we're to be. That's who we must become. And so everything we do has got to have the power of the, of the presence of God in it. It's that actually the presence of God is what births strategy. It's the presence of God that births programs. It's the presence of God that births initiative. It's the presence of God that births ideas. It's the presence of God that directs us to different things. That we then build structure and strategy to serve what God's doing. God, what are you doing right now? Where are you working right now? So that we can come alongside you and work with you in what you're doing. And so it says, they saw and they heard. They all paid close attention to what he said because they saw something as well. And it also says there that Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And it says down in verse 12 of that same chapter, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And so Philip is doing signs, he's doing wonders, he's doing the miraculous, he's putting signposts that are pointing to the reality that Jesus is alive. But he's also preaching a message about Christ. They heard the message and they saw the demonstration. Every time that Jesus did something, there's often he said something. That when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, come forth. When the little girl was 
apparently dead and all the mourners were in there, he, he, he spoke something, little girl, he said something. There's power in the things that we say. There's power in the words that we proclaim. Life happens through words. Life happens through words. When there's a demonstration and then an explanation, there is power in the explanation. That God does something in the words that we say. We were treasure hunting yesterday and realised naturally there was power in the moment when maybe somebody rejects you and doesn't want to be prayed for, doesn't want anything, and there's a hand on the shoulder that says, God bless you. Something, something's been spoken. God created the universe by saying something. Something gets released into the atmosphere by words. Simple words like, actually, we've been looking for you because Jesus loves you. And, that, and, and, and just simple things. It may not be the whole counsel of how to go from death to life, but there are words that get spoken. And Philip proclaimed the message of Christ. He spoke words that produced life. And there's power in the gospel. Romans 1.6 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16 For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. There's power in the message. There's power in what was being proclaimed. That the Holy Spirit was jumping on the words of Philip as he talked about Jesus and who Jesus is. As he would have said things like, Adam and Eve sinned. And rebelled against God. And rejected God. Wanted to be God. And sin entered the world. And sin ruined everything. He would have said that sin came in and affected the whole cosmos and affected the earth and affected people on a cellular nature. So that people began to die. And God had to ask them and take them out of the garden. Otherwise they could have eaten the tree of life and remained in a broken, separate state for the whole of their lives and live forever broken, distorted, fragmented, away from God. But God's heart was always to bring reconciliation. It was always to bring people back to himself. He spoke about it in Genesis 3. Your offspring will crush you. Your heel will crush the enemy. And there were types and shadows and pictures of Jesus all throughout the Old Testament. And the Lord just showed men and women that however hard you try, you can't keep the whole of the law. Cursed is anyone who doesn't keep the whole of the law. No one can do it. No one could obey every aspect of the holiness and the perfection of God. And there was a promise that God would send his own son. That, that God would come and be incarnate. And take on human flesh and become the God man. Fully God, fully man. 
And that this God-man, Jesus Christ, would walk the earth as the full revelation, the full representation of what God is like, of what the Father is like. And that he would go around doing good, healing the sick and setting the oppressed free. And that this Jesus would not break the law or the spirit of the law in either his thoughts, his words or his deeds. But he would be the sinless one, the perfect one. Yet fully God, fully man, fully tempted, yet resisting and obeying God as a representation of us. And that in Gethsemane, the day before he was to be crucified, he was deeply troubled and tempted and wondering, is there another way, Father? Can this cup pass from me? Sweating drops of blood as he looked at Calvary. And then he said, not my will be done, but yours be done. Amen. And then Amen. he was betrayed. Amen. And then he was taken and arrested and treated as if he was the worst sinner that had ever walked the earth. He was whipped and he was abused. He was lied at and lied about and spat upon and treated as if he was the worst man who had ever lived. And then on the cross, he, in our place, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. He died for us and as us. And all the reality of all of our our disrespect and rebellion and hatred towards God is all poured upon him and poured upon him. And Jesus, in our place, takes the punishment that we should have had, that we deserved, that was rightfully ours. And he goes and he dies and he goes in the grave. And after three days, Jesus is alive. And Mary, and they see him alive. Then he appears to 500. And then the Holy Spirit is poured out as he's glorified and ascended. And Philip would have come and told them this message of the Christ. This message that you can go from death to life. You can go from sinner to saint. You can go from darkness to light. You can go from orphan to son. You can go from someone with no inheritance to inheritance. You can move in a moment just by believing the message of the kingdom of the good news of God. And that you can come in and be considered to be completely, utterly, overwhelmingly righteous and spotless without blemish. What he did gets credited to your account in a moment, in an instant. Not because you work for it, just by believing. And even faith is a gift, James tells us. And in hearing that message and in seeing the reality that Jesus had conquered Satan's sin and death. And seeing the reality that now the demonic was fleeing and oppression was being broken and prisoners were being released And the sick were being healed, all because Jesus is the risen, conquering king. And so great joy grew up in the city as they heard the message. And as they believed the message. And so that's the good news for us, is we're not working for love anymore, we're working from love. We're not working for favour anymore, we're working from favour. We're not working for acceptance, we're working from acceptance. We're loved. We're delighted in. 
And so when they heard the message and they saw the manifestation of the kingdom, people experienced radical transformation. Demonic oppression was broken, it says. Shrieks, the demonic came out. People's lives were being turned around. Heaven's reality was established in people's bodies. And great joy was in the city. And when the apostles heard about it in Jerusalem, their first thing was, get over there because we want to know if they've received the Holy Spirit yet. There was great joy of what they heard and what they saw. The apostles come and they receive the Holy Spirit. And this is the journey we're on as a church. We're on a journey that we'll be full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. That we'll be people where great joy is welling up and spilling out. That's who we're becoming. That's what we're about. We're about nothing less than transformation of this geography in this area. Through one story at a time. Through one person at a time who says, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to be full. And I'm going to take that wherever I go. One story at a time. One step at a time. One encounter at a time. Can I ask us to stand?